0: Section 11 of Report of the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, The Warren Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Report of the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, The Warren Commission Report, by the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy. Chapter 3 The Shots from the Texas School Book Depository, Part 5. The subsequent bullet that hit. After a bullet penetrated President Kennedy's neck, a subsequent shot entered the back of his head and exited through the upper right portion of his skull. The Zapruder, Nix, and much more films show the instant in the sequence when that bullet struck. See Commission Exhibit number 902, page 108. That impact was evident from the explosion of the president's brain tissues from the right side of his head, the immediately preceding frame from the Zapruder film shows the president slumped to his left, clutching at his throat, with his chin close to his chest, and his head tilted forward at an angle. Based upon information provided by the doctors who conducted the autopsy, an artist's drawing depicting the path of the bullet through the president's head, with his head being in the same approximate position. By using the Zapruder, Nix, and Much More Motion pictures, the president's location at the time the bullet penetrated his head was fixed with reasonable precision. A careful analysis of the Nix and Much More films led to fixing the exact location of these cameramen. The point of impact of the bullet on the president's head was apparent in all the movies. At that point in the Nix film, a straight line was plotted from the camera position to a fixed point in the background, and the president's location along this line was marked on a plat map. A similar process was followed with the Muchmore film. The President's location on the Platte map was identical to that determined from the Nix film. The President's location, established through the Nix and Muchmore films, was confirmed by comparing his position on the Zapruder film. This location had hitherto only been approximated, since there were no landmarks in the background of the Zapruder frame for alignment purposes other than a portion of a painted line on the curb through these procedures it was determined that president kennedy was shot in the head when he was 230.8 feet from a point on the west curb line on houston street where it intersected with elm street the president was 265.3 feet from the rifle in the sixth floor window and at that position the approximate angle of declination was fifteen degrees twenty-one minutes number of shots the consensus among the witnesses at the scene was that three shots were fired However, some heard only two shots, while others testified that they heard four and perhaps as many as five or six shots. The difficulty of accurate perception of the sound of gunshots required careful scrutiny of all of this testimony regarding the number of shots. The firing of a bullet causes a number of noises. The muzzle blast, caused by the smashing of the hot gases which propel the bullet into the relatively stable air at the gun's muzzle. The noise of the bullet, Caused by the shock wave built up ahead of the bullet's nose as it travels through the air, and the noise caused by the impact of the bullet on its target. Each noise can be quite sharp and may be perceived as a separate shot. The tall buildings in the area might have further distorted the sound. The physical and other evidence examined by the Commission compels the conclusion that at least two shots were fired. As discussed previously, the nearly whole bullet discovered at Parkland Hospital. And the two larger fragments found in the presidential automobile which were identified as coming from the assassination rifle came from at least two separate bullets and possibly from three the most convincing evidence relating to the number of shots was provided by the presence on the sixth floor of three spent cartridges which were demonstrated to have been fired by the same rifle that fired the bullets which caused the wounds it is possible that the assassin carried an empty shell in the rifle and fired only two shots with the witnesses hearing multiple noises made by the same shot. Soon after the three empty cartridges were found, officials at the scene decided that three shots were fired, and that conclusion was widely circulated by the press. The eyewitness testimony may be subconsciously colored by the extensive publicity given the conclusion that three shots were fired. Nevertheless, the preponderance of the evidence, in particular the three spent cartridges, led the commission to conclude that there were three shots fired. The Shot That Missed from the initial findings that a. one shot passed through the President's neck, and then most probably passed through the Governor's body, b. a subsequent shot penetrated the President's head, c. no other shot struck any part of the automobile, and d. three shots were fired, it follows that one shot probably missed the car and its occupants. The evidence is inconclusive as to whether it was the first, second, or third shot which missed. The first shot if the first shot missed the assassin perhaps missed in an effort to fire a hurried shot before the president passed under the oak tree or possibly he fired as the president passed under the tree and the tree obstructed his view the bullet might have struck a portion of the tree and been completely deflected on the other hand the greatest cause for doubt that the first shot missed is the improbability that the same marksman who twice hit a moving target would be so inaccurate on the first and closest of his shots as to miss completely not only the target but the large automobile some support for the contention that the first shot missed is found in the statement of secret service agent glenn a bennett stationed in the right rear seat of the president's follow-up car who heard a sound like a firecracker as the motorcade proceeded down elm street at that moment agent bennett stated i looked at the back of the president i heard another firecracker noise and saw that shot hit the president about four inches down from the right shoulder a second shot followed immediately and hit the right rear high of the president's head. Substantial weight may be given to Bennett's observations. Although his formal statement was dated November 23, 1963, his notes indicate that he recorded what he saw and heard at 5.30 p.m. November 1963 on the airplane en route back to Washington prior to the autopsy when it was not yet known that the president had been hit in the back. It is possible of course that bennett did not observe the hole in the president's back which might have been there immediately after the first noise governor connolly's testimony supports the view that the first shot missed because he stated that he heard a shot turned slightly to his right and as he started to turn back toward his left was struck by the second bullet he never saw the president during the shooting sequence and it is entirely possible that he heard the missed shot and that both men were struck by the second bullet mrs connolly testified that after the first shot she turned and saw the president's hands moving toward his throat as seen in the films at frame 225 however mrs connolly further stated that she thought her husband was hit immediately thereafter by a second bullet if the same bullets struck both the president and the governor it is entirely possible that she saw the president's movements at the same time as she heard the second shot her testimony therefore does not preclude the possibility of the first shot having missed other eyewitness testimony however supports the conclusion that the first of the shots fired hit the president as discussed in chapter two special agent hill's testimony indicates that the president was hit by the first shot and that the head injury was caused by a second shot which followed about five seconds later james w atkins a photographer in dallas for the associated press had stationed himself on elm street opposite the depository to take pictures of the passing motorcade Atkins took a widely circulated photograph which showed President Kennedy reacting to the first of the two shots which hit him. See Commission Exhibit Number 900, page 113. According to Atkins, he snapped the picture almost simultaneously with a shot which he is confident was the first one fired. Comparison of his photograph with the Zapruder film, however, revealed that Atkins took his picture at approximately the same moment as frame 255 of the movie thirty to forty-five frames approximately two seconds later than the point at which the president was shot in the neck see commission exhibit number 901 page 114 another photographer philip l willis snapped a picture at a time which he also asserts was simultaneous with the first shot analysis of his photograph revealed that it was taken at approximately frame 210 of the zapruder film which was the approximate time of the shot that probably hit the president and the governor if willis accurately recalled that there were no previous shots this would be strong evidence that the first shot did not miss if the first shot did not miss there must be an explanation for governor connolly's recollection that he was not hit by it there was conceivably a delayed reaction between the time the bullet struck him and the time he realized that he was hit despite the fact that the bullet struck a glancing blow to a rib and penetrated his wrist bone the governor did not even know that he had been struck in the wrist or the thigh until he regained consciousness in the hospital the next day. Moreover, he testified that he did not hear what he thought was the second shot, although he did hear a subsequent shot which coincided with the shattering of the president's head. One possibility, therefore, would be a sequence in which the governor heard the first shot, did not immediately feel the penetration of the bullet, then felt the delayed reaction of the impact on his back, later heard the shot which shattered the president's head, and then lost consciousness without hearing a third shot which might have occurred later. The Second Shot The possibility that the second shot missed is consistent with the elapsed time between the two shots that hit their mark. From the timing evidenced by the Zapruder films, there was an interval of from 4.8 to 5.6 seconds between the shot which struck President Kennedy's neck between frames 210 and 225, and the shot which struck his head at frame 813. Since a minimum of 2.3 seconds must elapse between shots, a bullet could have been fired from the rifle and missed during this interval. This possibility was buttressed by the testimony of witnesses who claimed that the shots were evenly spaced since a second shot occurring within an interval of approximately five seconds would have to be almost exactly midway in this period if aldigan's recollection is correct that he snapped his picture at the same moment as he heard a shot then it is possible that he heard a second shot which missed since a shot fired two point three seconds before he took his picture at frame two fifty five could have hit the president at about frame two thirteen on the other hand a substantial majority of the witnesses stated that the shots were not evenly spaced most witnesses recalled that the second and third shots were bunched together although some believed that it was the first and second which were bunched to the extent that reliance can be placed on recollection of witnesses as to the spacing of the shots the testimony that the shots were not evenly spaced would militate against a second shot missing another factor arguing against the second shot missing is that the gunman would have been shooting at very near the minimum allowable time to have fired three shots within four point eight to five point six seconds although it was entirely possible for him to have done so see chapter 4 pages 188 to 194 the third shot the last possibility of course is that it was the third shot which missed this conclusion conforms most easily with the probability that the assassin would most likely have missed the farthest shot particularly since there was an acceleration of the automobile after the shot which struck the president's head the limousine also changed direction by following the curve to the right whereas previously it had been proceeding in almost a straight line with a rifle protruding from the sixth-floor window of the depository building one must consider however the testimony of the witnesses who described the headshot as the concluding event in the assassination sequence illustrative is the testimony of associated press photographer altkins who had an excellent vantage point near the president's car he recalled that the shot which hit the president's head was the last shot, that much I will say with a great degree of certainty. On the other hand, Emmett J. Hudson, the groundskeeper of Dealey Plaza, testified that from his position on Elm Street, midway between Houston Street and the triple underpass, he heard a third shot, after the shot which hit the President in the head. In addition, Mrs. Kennedy's testimony indicated that neither the first nor the second shot missed, immediately after the first noise she turned because of the governor's yell and saw her husband raise his hand to his forehead then the second shot struck the president's head some evidence suggested that a third shot may have entirely missed and hit the turf or street by the triple underpass royce g skelton who watched the motorcade from the railroad bridge testified that after two shots the car came on down close to the triple underpass and an additional shot hit in the left front of the president's car on the cement. Skelton thought that there had been a total of four shots, either the third or fourth of which hit in the vicinity of the underpass. Dallas patrolman J.W. Foster, who was also on the triple underpass, testified that a shot hit the turf near a manhole cover in the vicinity of the underpass. Examination of this area, however, disclosed no indication that a bullet struck at the locations indicated by Skelton or Foster. At a different location on Dealey Plaza, the evidence indicated that a bullet fragment did hit the street james t tog who got out of his car to watch the motorcade from a position between commerce and main streets near the triple underpass was hit on the cheek by an object during the shooting within a few minutes tog reported this to deputy sheriff eddie r walters who was examining the area to see if any bullets had struck the turf walters immediately started to search where tog had been standing and located a place on the south curb of main street where it appeared a bullet had hit the cement, according to Togg, there was a mark quite obviously that was a bullet, and it was very fresh. In Togg's opinion, it was the second shot which caused the mark, since he thinks he heard the third shot after he was hit in the face. This incident appears to have been recorded in the contemporaneous report of Dallas Patrolman L.L. L. Hill, who radioed in around 12:40 p.m. I have one guy that was possibly hit by a ricochet from the bullet off the concrete. Scientific examination of the mark on the south curb of Main Street by FBI experts disclosed metal smears which were spectrographically determined to be essentially lead with a trace of antimony. The mark on the curb could have originated from the lead core of a bullet, but the absence of copper precluded the possibility that the mark on the curbing section was made by an unmutilated military full metal jacketed bullet, such as the bullet from Governor Connolly's stretcher. It is true that the noise of a subsequent shot might have been drowned out by the siren on the Secret Service follow-up car immediately after the headshot, or the dramatic effect of the headshot might have caused so much confusion that the memory of subsequent events was blurred. Nevertheless, the preponderance of the eyewitness testimony that the headshot was the final shot must be weighed in any determination as to whether it was the third shot that missed. Even if it were caused by a bullet fragment the mark on the south curb of main street cannot be identified conclusively with any of the three shots fired under the circumstances it might have come from the bullet which hit the president's head or it might have been a product of the fragmentation of the missed shot upon hitting some other object in the area since he did not observe any of the shots striking the president tog's testimony that the second shot rather than the third caused the scratch on his cheek does not assist in limiting the possibilities the wide range of possibilities and the existence of conflicting testimony when coupled with the impossibility of scientific verification precludes a conclusive finding by the commission as to which shot missed time span of shots witnesses at the assassination scene said that the shots were fired within a few seconds with the general estimate being five to six seconds that approximation was most probably based on the earlier publicized reports that the first shot struck the president in the neck, the second wounded the governor, and the third shattered the president's head, with the time span from the neck to the head shots on the president being approximately five seconds. As previously indicated, the time span between the shots entering the back of the president's neck and the bullet which shattered his skull was 4.8 to 5 seconds. If the shot missed, then 4.8 to 5 seconds was the total time span of the shots. If either the first or third shot missed, then a minimum of 2.3 seconds, necessary to operate the rifle, must be added to the time span of the shots which hit, giving a minimum time of 7.1 to 7.9 seconds for all three shots. If more than 2.3 seconds elapsed between a shot that missed and one that hit, then the time span would be correspondingly increased. Conclusion. Based on the evidence analyzed in this chapter, the Commission has concluded that the shots which killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired from the sixth-floor window at the southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository Building. Two bullets probably caused all the wounds suffered by President Kennedy and Governor Connolly. Since the preponderance of the evidence indicated that three shots were fired, the commission concluded that one shot probably missed the presidential limousine and its occupants, and that the three shots were fired in a time period ranging from approximately 4.8 to in excess of seven seconds. End of Section 11